0: better work on my tones let me ask you a question Mm. are you breaking everything in your house uh yeah that
1: seems to be part of the theme (laughs) 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 yeah so what are we on like week four we started the first week with my daughter determined to make like some cookies or something which somehow because of the way she did it she made too much dough she broke like the blender and also the food processor Okay. Um, Let's see. Monday when we had that quasi hurricane, yeah, it kind of tore the door, our outdoor door to the balcony off the hinges, sort of. Well, that one's not on you. Which is, I I was fixing that this morning. Okay, Um, so a couple things. Everything is definitely breaking. Yeah. Um, So the one computer that's kind of the lifeline for the kids, the family iMac seems to be uh, acting up now. But no, there's also, like, physically smashed, broken objects all over the place. Yeah,
0: all over the place. It's pretty funny. I, a lot, it's been happening a lot here. And, you know, I'm telling my wife in certain instances, I'm like, hey, you know. We're not, it, it, let's break less stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seems to be a recession coming. You can't you know? just run out and get more. <laughs> like, especially the big things, Like like, you know yeah we won't get into it she's already yelled at me for a couple personal stories this is this is already part of it but so i won't get into the deets uh uh, the deets here but yeah we're down like a coffee pot an awning uh a kitchen table i have to sand and finish now uh yeah just any number of things and we've been getting into it about it and she talked to her brother yesterday and he's like yeah everything in my house is broken too and then we deciphered that like nobody in the history of time is ever in their houses as much. Yeah, and exactly. The things just aren't aren't set up for this kind of wear and tear. Like if we were here twenty four hours a day, things would be made out of cement, or metal, like <laughs> a lot there wouldn't more be stainless this, steel. Yeah, these <laughs> ornate wood things and really nice. Like, yeah, man, that's a good point. I mean, it's funny.
1: Yeah, it's in retrospect, it seems pretty obvious, but. uh Tell us about, you know, let us know what, what's broken. Yeah. Yeah. What we're, did you break? We're gonna call this the broken intro. And uh but I hope you know, won't ca- break.
0: Yeah. I mean that <laughs> part of it's weird, but there's other parts of this I like, you know? And parts that I think being a hippie for so long I was prepared for. You know, like like I'm accustomed to cooking like three meals a day in the house. So it's right. a pretty normal thing for us. I'm accustomed to spending like a lot of time with my kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because When I'm not touring, when I'm not doing that, I'm home, you know, a lot. So, and we do attachment parenting anyway, where our kids have been sleeping in our room and beds this whole fucking time. So like that kind of stuff, I feel like our hippie communal nature has already set us up a little, a little well there, you know, but then in other ways, you know, we're awful. What's the balance? The thing we got to figure out is (laughs) what's like people's intake balance for what do you call it you know what's the general subject for booze oh. pills drugs <laughs> tv ice cream like all the things people are using it's all to cope
1: up. yeah it's all up like we were definitely before like kind of a, a very restricted screen family T- right tv for the kids was on weekends like they could watch like you know my, Saturday morning, my son could get up and watch some cartoons. We'd have, you know, family movie nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. But during the week, no TV. No TV. No tablets, no iPhones, no iPads during the – at all, really, unless we were traveling. Like that – so, the iPads are like our travel tools. But right. So, that's, and that's out the window. Oh, totally out the window.
0: Yeah, done. Yeah. Is it I mean, a free my son for all? Is, or are they, yeah, like, he's probably have, in his bedroom now on an
1: iPad playing fucking like video games right now. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a total no go. Before, like, right, right. We definitely have been postponing the video game thing for as long. But you got as as
0: you got to give those breaks to yourself right now. You know? Oh, uh, Yeah.
1: There's no. The,
0: we watch that, TV uh,
1: every night. We yeah. s- we watch. We're like we sit down. The kids have like this little table they can sit at and watch the TV when we have dinner. We have TV dinners every night now.
0: Wow! So you guys, you you're like you're like somebody who was off heroin, <laughs> and then just like, and then just the second you but, turned over, but I realized you're it's, back on the
1: streets. It's, it's totally selfish. It's us. It's my wife and I need but you to need like, it. yeah, you we need just it. need to a break. We need to That's like, it. we need Bob's Burgers. It's Bob's Burgers, man. Bob's Burgers is my happy place.
0: It's a fun, fun fucking show for sure. I mean, it's like- I like that one too. Yeah.
1: So like that. Is kind of like when we, that's our dysfunctional family. That's what we kind of like. We look at Bob's Burgers and we're like, if we, if that's what we are, we're okay with it.
0: Yeah. I can actually, I could see you as the Bob character. <laughs> that kind of, kind of fits. Well, that kind of ties into Lizzie, our interview, because when we were uh, getting into this, she was really explaining to me, you know, when we were getting into it, kind of how so much of these things people are doing are just like the simple triggers of their own anxiety, you know, the need to be productivity, uh, excuse me, the need to be productive, the need to keep your normal schedule and do these things and stay fit. And, you know, and there's the things that are feeding that are heightened right now because we're anxious and you got to be like hyper cognizant of knowing where that is coming from and giving yourself a break. Like, our kids are little like we're not gonna fuck them up for good if they watch you know right. tv for a couple months right. like i don't know i remember having strep throat and watching tv for a week yeah. straight that's, sitting on the couch that's I'm kind of what I,
1: that's kind of the way i look at it it's like if you if they had if one of them had the flu they could do all this stuff so yeah like, and l- unless like- you
0: find a like a newly activated Pornhub account or something <laughs> i think you're straight <laughs> holy boy so Lizzie was nice enough to uh, call into us
1: from, from L.A. Uh, it seems that L.A. is really taking a hit on their uh, bandwidth, though. Um, yeah, not doing well. Spectrum, yeah, apparently, we has got some work to do out there. That's all right. I, it sounds good. I had to log off because, I don't know, my loud voice was probably just too much bandwidth for, for her connection. So Yeah, so, so Brad and his— Benny.
0: Oh. Ultimate creepy Richard Dreyfus mustache way is merely listening to me and Lizzie the whole no, time. No, it
1: wasn't. I couldn't hear her. That was the thing. Oh, okay. okay. I was listening to all I could hear was your voice. So you were just
0: listening to me talk was, to nobody. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. That must have sounded great. One of my favorite things about talking to Lizzie is she reminds me of my mom in the way that she just drops literary references in the middle of sentences that I pretend to know right to not like you know break up the conversation and have to look up later but <laughs> she's like so well read that I just can't keep up but I don't want to stop the trade right. you know right. it's hilarious it reminds me just of that but she's really smart and this interview is awesome i think we got to the guts of a lot of a lot of the things going on right now and she's an excellent sounding board and a lot of good advice and even Delved into the concepts of us being aliens on a foreign planet <laughs> called Earth. Yeah. You know, this shit got I, real. That
1: was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I say, without further ado, we, we jump into this. Let's go. It's going so, too much internet in LA? Is that that porn hub, that I mean, porn hub thing got a little
2: crazy? <laughs> <laughs> So funny that you say that because a friend of mine was like saying we were talking about how much porn people must be watching and then he was like i bet that there's already mask porn going on and then he did a quick search and it's like "Yep, yeah. <laughs> there's already <laughs> so just note to note to uh all of ourselves i guess that's that's happened already um yeah i think there's just the internet is going in and out i noticed that the other day so
0: it's all good okay So, one question Uh, I want to ask is, like, so I had a night, you know, March 11th, where I was home, and I was uh, put the kids down, and I was about to start my nightly routine of kind of relaxing and watching some basketball and doing some other stuff, and that was the night this one Mm -hmm. player, Rudy Gobert, tested positive, and a game was canceled Mm -hmm. right before the game, and, you know subsequently within 2 days you know every major sports league was canceled and it kind of trickled down to the you know south by southwest and the festivals was there like a moment for you mm-hmm. like a flashbulb moment when you know you realized this was something to to be reckoned with and start taking really seriously
2: yeah i mean i think um i think that day like March 11th is, is the day I had a, uh, a friend of mine, it's her birthday. Um, and so we were planning to go see the rapture who were actually playing a couple shows in LA and we were going to go out to dinner and like, I had gotten Luke, um, Jenner from the rapture to say that he would maybe sing happy birthday to oh, my fine. friend yeah. who he also knows her. Um, yeah. So it was like a big, you know, was, I was excited. It was a, uh, I'm pretty new to LA and the idea of like having things that I want to do outside of my house is like itself a relatively new concept in right. LA life. And so I was excited about the prospect of this night and yeah. celebrating and then it was sort of like, okay, wow. And it's it's like what you're saying. I mean, in the lead up to that night, it was like slow roll of like alarm. Um, so pretty, I think maybe the day before, or the day of, we in the morning, it was like, yeah, I don't think we should go to a rock show. Like this is actually kind of happening, this whole coronavirus thing. And maybe it's not responsible to go to a big crowd. And so we were like, we're not going to go to the show, but we'll still go to dinner. And then maybe that afternoon, it was like, I don't think we should go to a restaurant. Oh my God, like my poor friend and her birthday and yeah. all these plans. And so we ended up just going to that night. Uh, a couple of friends went to her house, to my birthday friend's house and like ordered takeout and watched, you know, our mayor talk to the city. Yeah, <laughs> right about yeah and it was like woo you know I mean it felt very deflating and scary and kind of just I think sobering I mean like what you're saying one of the things is just watching we've nobody alive has lived through an experience where every aspect of culture is of society really is altered so in you know 9-11, 9-11, people talking a lot about 9-11 for understandable reasons, first of all, it's one city, fine, all those differences make themselves known, but it's also like the sports, like what you're saying yeah. like there's no, you can't watch baseball, you can't, there's nobody gathering anywhere or and all these lanes of sort of emotional release that we usually have from, from culture right. from like sports culture and arts culture and all this stuff, they're not there and I think that like normally I would just get really psyched on, you know, I watch, I'm a big sports person and I watch like British soccer and I watch, um, tennis and I watch all this stuff. Normally that's just a part of the season of my life and all that's gone. And it's just very, yeah. So the sobering moment of just being like, okay, well, everything like rock shows are over. Like, cause then of course, by the way, I mean, I didn't say this, but the rapture canceled their shows. Like it was like, Oh, we can't. So it was a, It was probably twelve hours between deciding we weren't going to go, and the band decide, and the venue, and whoever decided, deciding that they couldn't play. And it's just like that was kind of the day the record came to a screeching halt. Um, right. So yeah. Yeah, that's pretty March eleventh. Good time. I know it's pretty <laughs> wild. And I,
0: I was, you know, uh, talking to Jeff Rosenstock earlier today, explaining that um, you know, Gaslight Anthem was in Japan during the uh, earthquakes in 2011. Um, and that was on March yeah. 11th. Um, I literally have the date oh. tattooed on my finger because it was such a, you know, unique and life-changing event for me. So for for this one to fall oh. on the same day is really eerie on a, on a personal level, <laughs> for sure. Uh,
2: I remember you telling me about that, actually. Now that I'm, yeah, now that you mention it as a kind of very significant obviously, but just the, the experience of it. Um, I guess, yeah. Wow. Okay. March 11th has some, what's the, some, what's the some, weird uh, thing about getting old accounting right? for itself. You do. know, like that's,
0: <laughs> yeah. I always wondered how like certain old people could just be like a certain age and just be like, ah, I don't care. Like, I don't care about anything. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like at all. And then like, I start to think back <laughs> and I see my age and I'm like thinking about like the first Gulf war. And I'm thinking about, uh, nine 11. And I'm thinking about the earthquake and I'm thinking about this. And I'm thinking about how the fuck I survived this long and kids and all these things. And I'm like, wow, you know, like <laughs> that shit really is different. But,
2: it's so funny to hear you say all that too. Cause like normally when people talk like that, you'd be like, dude, I hear you, but I think things are getting a little too intense in your life. You need to like go to the movies or just take it. Can you get out of town for the yeah, weekend? Yeah, yeah. Or like maybe just let's, and it's like, nope. Yeah. It's like the, absolutely It's almost not.
0: relieving <laughs> to me in a way to know that I wasn't insane this whole time. You know, like, <laughs> Like some of the looming problems that are just playing out in front of my eyes, like I kind of thought were going to happen, you know, and people thought I was yeah. forever. There's definitely a bunch of punk rock people I know who are like, yeah, this is what we've been talking about for no, like 20 years, you know, like, like we knew this. I have
2: the same so. experience. A couple of friends of mine, uh, you know, people, uh, yeah, like uh, from, from our mutual world, like yeah, like I a, almost immediately there were a couple of friends who I texted and was just like, So are you just feeling incredibly vindicated at the moment? Like all right. the, all the, uh, all the, uh, all the sort of moments of expressing respect for the pain people are suffering, notwithstanding, yes. like are you just like, Yeah, yes, I know. Yeah, it's a complete yeah, yeah. mirage. Society, culture, like our institutions, like, it's not, yeah. And I think, I mean, look, there's a reason that I've always been a person who with those friends of mine, I hear, I'm sort of my personal views are like, I'm with you dialed down by about 70%, you know, like that's sort of my personal way of looking at the world. And that, and it's, I think I still feel that way, but it is pretty literally awesome to watch anything, uh, alter and just come, the brakes have been put on everything we know overnight. And that is an astonishing thing to witness. And it's extreme yeah. in a way that makes, yeah, all my craziest friends seem much smarter. Well, it's weird.
0: Right I now. feel like I'm you too, because in a lot of ways, my friends who thought this way, philosophically, I 100% agreed with them. Like I agreed with the concepts of human nature and government and politics and religion And the constructs that were like destroying us as people. And I believe that stuff. I truly do. But I made a a conscious decision to live in the world. And I made a conscious decision (laughs) to like work and make my life like normal enough that I can actually just get through life even though I'm thinking this. Uh, And something like this just illuminates like, oh, I was wrong a little bit because – these constructs I decided to lean on to give myself a life of normalcy or whatever I decided was normal are falling apart. And they're also being a little exposed as the time goes on to mm. not ever really caring about me. And the, you know, you know, <laughs> like I never mm. thought I'd, I'd see eye to eye with an Idaho militia man at all. And uh, now <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to be one of you, but yeah, I get it. I get it. No one's going to help you. You're probably that's right. Funny. You know, like in the end, no one's going to help you.
2: I haven't, that's interesting. I haven't, I'm interested to know what you feel like you've you're sort of now, at least in this moment, feeling like you were wrong about, I can't say that that's not how, like, I've been feeling more. I'm with you hundred percent. Like I, in that I'm also, you know, a Howard Zinn reader yeah, right. or like a sort of, you know, I'm into this sort of, not into it. It's like, I understand. Uh, yeah. The philosophically identifying with the idea that the way that our civilization or our current society has been set up has a lot of structural problems that are taking time bombs. Yeah, <laughs> like right. I'm with that. And that there's, and, and I mean the inequality element, all this, everything that, um, sort of fits in with with the paradigm psychologically of someone who would be like, I just want out of this. Like, I want out of all of this. Like, I do... I relate to that. But in the same way that you're describing, like, I don't really want... I mean, I I sort of like... I've always been the person in the conversation pushing back and going, well, okay, but that's also a cop-out. Like, to me, that has always felt like the opposite side of the same coin the same extremity coin to mix very poorly metaphors um, that you're raging against. Like it's, it's about like you are here and you are alive and you are, uh, if we're talking about America, you're in America at the moment. And this is like you, I, I always found it a little offensive that it's like this idea of just bailing. Like I'm just not into that. Like I'm like, yeah, so that, but then, so for me, this just fits. (laughs) the way that it's toppled and the sort of the way that everything that we count on to support us has wobbled is wobbling at the moment. And the sort of exposure that you're talking about, I'm, I relate to, and I find that scary, but I can't, I don't feel, it's not like I ever knew that wasn't possible. It was just like, what choice do you have? Like, I still think it's important. Like a, a really good example is friends of mine who don't vote. You know, like well, but it doesn't matter who wins. Okay, yes, it does. You know, like it does. It certainly matters. Yeah, it certainly matters. And here's a good example of that. And I do think that, I mean, for me at least, this is a moment in which some of my beliefs in those that have come up in those conversations, I'm doubling down on them because I'm like, it really, we like less shitty leadership is better, better than fully shi- shitty leadership, for example. And this is a moment yeah, where that could not sure, be clearer right. to me. Um, so I don't know. But
1: yeah, like, do I yeah. wish
2: that, uh, yeah, I lived in Idaho in a bunker, like a little. Right.
0: <laughs> but on. even when I think about it now, you know, it's like, it's laughable in a lot of ways because, you know, and it's the philosophical choice I made a long time ago. You know, when I had children and after Trump got elected, I had a real... I wanted to get a gun, you know what I mean? Like I felt really yeah. the need, even though I was raised against it, philosophically against it. Uh, realistically, mm. I thought it was a pretty good idea, you know, and, and <laughs> I went against myself quite a few times. And, you know, I did come to a certain headspace, which I minorly regret now, which, which was I've spent this long doing what I'm doing, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm i a drummer, I'm a musician, an entertainer, like, whatever the fuck I am, and now I decide to have a family. I'm not a violent guy. I never will be. Mm-hmm. I'm not violent. I'm not uh, drawn to it. I don't enjoy it. I was raised in a house where I wasn't even allowed to have G.I. Joe's, for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> so, the idea of becoming one of these people is terrifying to me, and, and also a little mm-hmm. Sisyphean, in the idea that, like, okay, some guy who doesn't know what he's doing at all is going to buy one gun and something significantly is going to change. Like You're probably better off not getting the gun and living the next 20 years of your life not nervous. And it is a a laughable (laughs) part about the Idaho militiamen, too, is the idea that like you could go up to Idaho and find 14 dead people from a virus on top of a pile of munitions at this point <laughs> it's kind of funny in a way, you know, the they're like, what are they going to shoot? the thing? Oh. Like, um, so well, that's you know. why
2: it's such a profound. Yeah. I mean, that's why the, the thing, the enemy that we're facing, I mean, when the, the in the first week of this, I was like elated, like I can't explain huh. it. And I felt guilty about it. Cause I was just like, this is fucked up. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, do, this is not something to be, I mean, my entire, we can get into all that, but like, it's, I mean, financially, it's a complete disaster for me and everyone. I know, like, it's not, this is, there's all that there is. It's not like I'm someone who's escaping. I'm escaping in the most meaningful ways, at least so far, the worst pain being caused by this, but it's not like it's, it's not like I'm cool. It's not like I'm good right now. It's not like there's, this doesn't, you know, so, and yet I was still just like, in this state of wonder about the kind of Shakespearean majesty of the universe's choice to have this be the thing that happens right now, because it is, it feels like, it feels like literature. It feels like dystopian sort of like, um, kind of witty. There's something almost witty about it because to your point, like all these things we're arguing about and all the things that whatever left right people are arguing about and what what's happening in our government and all this stuff it's like you cannot like the fake news element it's like you can this will kill you right. whether yeah. you ch- the virus does not decide the virus is not interested in your opinion about science um no. it's just gonna kill you if you get it and you are you could kill you if you get it and um that the the kind of like Plot twist of that as a writer and as someone who thinks about story a lot was just sort of astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't. And your the, the description you just gave really made me think about that. Like right, like this these illusions of safety, but then it sort of went into these bigger questions about like when you talk about guns and why people buy them, and then what we if you're not a gun person, which I'm not, you're not like what are the what are the things that we do to provide ourselves the illusion of security. Um, in life. And I think that's really what it's about. It's like, this is, and this is where it makes you turn to whatever spiritual practices you have in your yeah. life. Like you do, you're not in control. Right. Like you're not in, and the person who's buying a bunch of weapons to protect themselves against whatever is do that's just one response to the same thing that is in me that makes me, um, be a workaholic right. or sure. like, like yeah, it's just a, it's an attempt to deal with the fundamental like lack of control yeah. that we have as humans. The same black hole
0: that um, every human has. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, well, I yeah, totally. So, so it no.
0: makes you feel less crazy. I actually had a fairly yeah. similar response um, that I haven't been able to okay, talk perfect. to a lot of people about because it does. It sounds nuts, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, there was a part of that for me too. I mean, if you're basically like a student of the human condition, you know what I mean? And you really like mm-hmm. study people and are interested in people and interested in what happens. I mean, there's not many times you just get, uh, real life data, you know what I mean? Like in front of your face about like <laughs> what's happening, what people are really like when you strip back all, you know, like, like this is, the realest stuff you could get. And it is wildly fascinating. Uh, and even just as exactly. a person who gets bored really easily and stuck in rocks <laughs> and stuff like that, which I have a tendency to do, like, you know, all of a sudden my life kind of being turned upside down is kind of my style. You know, I think I've actually yeah. been doing this to my own life periodically, you know, as like a response to, to my own... um uh, rocks I get myself into stagnation in or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there yeah. is a strange part yeah. of it like that. Like even though it's terrifying and looming, and we have no answers, it's different. Uh, and, and it's <laughs> well, interesting, and also, you know? totally.
2: It's different, interesting, and terrifying, and and whatever other word you said, and we have no answers is already what you're living in. Like that's the, so yes. that's part of it too. Yes. It's not. It's revealing it's forcing every, it really feels like a social yeah. experiment. Like I have one friend real out there who likes to, I don't even know if he really believes this, but he basically operates from a philosophy that we are an alien experiment. Right. Like humans are an alien experiment and that we're, they're watching us. And this is just, and I thought the Truman show type yeah. of notion uh-huh. of what existence is. And I thought about that a lot. Cause it is just, I mean, whoever, like, if that's true, it's like, Interesting move guys. Like this is fun. I get it. Like this is what are they going to do? Like, what is, what are the, what are the, the beings that we've created down there going to do now with this and, and watching that is, it's, it's as if the feeling for me, at least in keeping with what you're saying is like, they weren't getting that this is the situation you're already living on, on some level. So we're just going to amp up the extremity of the reality they have to face every day. But it's all, every human is now contending with these big questions, um, that are there all the time, but are easily ignored in a kind of like by in, in our country because of consumerism and like distraction and all the stuff that we do to ourselves so that we don't have to think about them. Um, and now it's like, yeah, We're going to make you sit at home with very little to do in a state of fear um, and wonder. Right. And then see what you do with that. Um, So it's kind of a move. Like it's kind of that part is interesting. (laughs) It's real life data about to quote you about what what we'll do with ourselves. And I feel like I'm observing myself. Like you probably feel this way, too. Like
0: Never been more self-aware, I don't think. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What am I going to do with this? You know? Um and yeah, that's a the writer George Saunders, who I worship, was on this very good new podcast that Cheryl Strait is doing that you may have seen. Yeah. Um it's it's on the Times' is app. Okay. But they she so she's interviewing writers um about like how they're handling just what's what are you doing right now? You know, like what's your how are you processing this? Um and he was talking about this really struck me as true. Like I have felt all this pressure to kind of be more productive. Everyone I think is feeling this way. Like you need to make it look at all this time. You're going to have to make all this amazing stuff. But anxiety is a, is a, um, sort of calcifying. Isn't quite the right. It's a frozen state. Like you don't feel the flow of creative inspiration when you're anxious. That's not a great place from which to make art. So I've been kind of torturing myself about like why I'm not being more productive and stuff. Yes. And George Saunders, who's this amazing writer was basically just like, yeah, now's not a time for that. This is a take notes. Like you gotta just observe. This is an, ob- this is a deep exercise yeah. of observation on what, cause you're not going to understand it from here. So like the point is to feel. Right. Right. And right, right.
0: right. Like the productivity really thing is hard. like, yeah, that's the anxiety's yeah. reaction, not the exactly. yeah, not the human interaction. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's hundred percent right. I think
2: Your anxiety is the one raising its hand and being like, make more right, stuff. Right. You right, know? right. And like, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean it's funny too. Mm-hmm. Like I I've thought about this aliens thing quite a bit myself. <laughs> and it you know, it makes sense to me as much as anything else. Like I haven't ruled it out you know, I mean, our, basically, you know, our inability to coexist with our environment has led me to the idea that we may not be from this planet, like I could see it. Um, but the one thing I wonder about those scenarios and the same concept in religion is like, if these aliens or of God created us, they created us with this sense of self and this sense of conscience and this yeah. fear of death and this, you know, all these things that come implicitly with being a human. So if they're literally, like, running experiments with viruses rather than, like, Mm -hmm. telling us what the fuck is going on, these powers are really (laughs) sadistic, you know? Like, just not fucking cool. Because, you know, like, if (laughs) if you know the struggle I'm going through in my own head, being that you created me, like, that's just fucked up. And there's a way... (laughs) easier way to do this isn't there i don't know but uh,
2: you have some you have some uh words for your maker then you have some things you'd like to address you know what i don't have words i have
0: questions (laughs) i'm not trying to lecture it i'm I'm trying i'm I'm trying to know i'm trying to know where their heads at you know um
2: you're like i just few quick questions before we get into uh the just what are you thinking here yeah i mean i think
0: What's the impulse here, guys? <laughs> you know, uh, um, but so let's backtrack a little. That's I know funny. you're you're a yoga enthusiast. You have been for a while, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I feel like now, because of the the bevy of things we just talked about, now is a good time for people to exercise mm-hmm. some some mindfulness or some breathing or you mm-hmm. know stretching things for your body, like. What it, what's a good um a tip or or a resource that somebody looking to get into something like that could use?
2: Yeah, totally. I and it's funny because I haven't my yoga practice has changed a lot over the years and since I I haven't lived in New York City in quite a while and that's when I had my most sort of like rigorous asana practice, like actual movement practice and it this time just these last couple of weeks i've been quarantined essentially for gosh yeah like a month a little over a month um well yeah it's uh, april 10th that we that we on which we're speaking and it's been since march 11th so there you go um and i have noticed that i'm like oh my god i have to do yoga now like asana practice like actual movement um and i've been using it's been really cool that's one of one of the there's a lot of I wouldn't say silver linings, but there's a lot of like surprising sources of joy and pleasure that have also been revealed to me by this experience. And that's one of them, like just the clarity of like, I need to practice yoga right now and then going and because I've always been kind of snotty about streaming yoga. Like I just, I think yoga is about community and being in a room where I can hear and feel other people right, yeah. is a big part of what the practice sure. has been for me. Yeah. And so not having, I've just never done it. Like, there's lots of good streaming services for yoga, and within, with a couple exceptions, I've never been into it. I've been like, nah, I don't want to do that. So, okay. and I, but then I'll also complain that I can't find <laughs> classes right. that I like yeah. wherever I am. So, I'm a real, I'm a real treat <laughs> in this area. And, I've started um, streaming out of necessity, obviously. My studio in New York, the one I practiced at the most in the end was Laughing Lotus. It's called Laughing Lotus. And it's an amazing... That's where I did my teacher trainings. And it's an incredible place. And I really miss it. And they have an online streaming service that I've never really used. And now I'm using it. And it's great. Like It's all my teachers from, from it's nostalgic for me in a certain way. Cause it's, it, so it feels like homey and familiar. Like these are people that I know who are, but they have a big log, a backlog of classes that have been taped and recorded from, you know, for, over time. And one of the things I like about those, I've also gotten into doing with my, probably my, one of my favorite teachers is Allie Kramer and she teaches at Lotus among other places, but I've been doing some live streaming stuff with her. Her classes are incredible. Um, And she's also doing some like Ayurveda and kind of mythology lectures with classes. You have time for all this now. So that's been good. But one of the cool things about the streaming ones on Lotus's website is that they're from before. So in one thing that's been surprising is just i notice when i log in and i'm like i'm going to pick a restorative class from you know whatever i'll just pick a restorative class on on their database and it's like from february of you know a year and a half ago or whatever and it feels so nice to see people not worrying about this yeah. or not talking about it. it's like this little time capsule that's very soothing in that way too. Like they're, they're almost visiting you from a past where this isn't acute. It's not there yet. There's something really nice about that. It's the same way I feel. I've been watching a lot of Mark Wahlberg movies. I don't, I just want to see like action movie Mark Wahlberg, Denzel Washington, like my friend, um, Andrea was saying, we were talking about how it's like the Cuomo press conferences. Like you just want to kind of like, mafia daddy to come in and just be like, I've got weapons and like, I'm I'm maybe not even the nicest person, but I'm going to take care of this situation. Like that's very <laughs> soothing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know that that really connects to the yoga practice. <laughs> that's pretty it connects hilarious. In the sense of like, um, yeah, a feeling of like being able to be in a fantasy place. And weirdly the, Weirdly, being able to kind of like visit past yoga experiences that other people are having and participate in those from the present is like that, um, which I didn't expect. Um, So, you know, that's my wreck is like Ali Kramer's yoga and Mark Wahlberg movie. I don't really (laughs) can't
0: believe Very interesting combination. That's very odd. I mean, I'm also surprised (laughs) to hear Mark Wahlberg and Denzel. In the same sense, because they're very different actors to me. I mean, I know they're both strong alpha male types, but one is really good and one is not that good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to blow your mind right now because what you need to go see immediately then um, is Two Guns, which is this movie that they made together. And um, it plays on that exact... It's like literally a film, an action film about what you just described. <laughs> like, basically, it's about that perception of these two actors. Like, there's this great, um, John Gregory Dunn said in, I think it's from this book, Monster, which is about the, it's like a, just, it's a classic book about working as a writer in Hollywood and about okay. the studio system, which I read when I first moved out here. And he talks about how it was either him or Joan Didion Um, who talked in that book about or who say in that book that there's movies that are just about movie stars like there's a plot but really it's like this is a movie about two movie stars Um, so this two guns (laughs) is a movie about two movie stars with the description with an awareness of the perception of both that you just (laughs) laid out
0: I feel like there's a a strong opening here to watch four brothers and two guns uh, back to back (laughs) I think this is <laughs> be a lot of fun, you know.
2: <laughs> you know what they say that you're supposed to survive this by creating structure and routine That's in it. your life. So maybe the structure for this week is you just only watch movies with numbers in them. What else um, we got right after that?
0: One eight one eight seven, featuring uh, oh Samuel <laughs> Jackson. Um,
2: what's the, what's um, that one where Jim
0: Carrey's stuck in the hotel room? Uh, Oh, I not I'm
2: thinking of 310 to you. Oh, right. There's Some maybe, Yuma. I don't even know if that's that. But yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out yeah. now. I'm sure there are yeah, more, but we have nothing but time to get. Yeah, the we'll get together, it out. So. I'd like people to
0: tweet and okay. going off track and give us some more. That'd be fun. Um, yes, exactly. So, so, I know we already talked about, like, you know, the fact that we're not, or you know, forcing yourself to be overly productive or trying to, you know, fight that urge. Uh but Mm -hmm. but you know, say this virus wasn't happening. What would you be working on right now? Like Mm -hmm. what's your what's your head into right now?
2: Well that's what's it's funny because I joked with um a friend who's helping me with the pilot that I'm writing, which I will describe in a minute. But I was like, what's so annoying about this is like it's come at the perfect time. Like I have to be like, I I actually have so much work that I'm supposed to be doing from home. And so I find, uh, I, I feel, I feel like, uh, almost irritated that now I have no, nothing, to excuse my not doing it like it's there was some great meme that went around early in this where it was like intro it was like introverts in normal times and it was sort of a cartoon character being all shy and retiring and like i can't i can't and then introverts the next frame was like introverts when they're told they can't go anywhere and it's like the same character with their eyes bulging like banging against the walls <laughs> and the windows in their house like that's how i right, feel i'm right. like i'm such a shut-in by nature and kind of a uh a, a little bit of a I go out for real in normal clothes once a week type of person and be a human. And then like the, I just need a lot of alone time. And so it's funny to notice that, I have all this work that I'm supposed to be doing and I have no, I'm really actually quite busy and I don't want to do any of it because now I'm being told that I have to and everyone <laughs> else is staying home too. I'm like, that's just rude. Like this is staying home and doing this is my beat. Like I can't have everyone else doing it. <laughs> um, I feel kind of, but to I mean, to answer your question, like, so I'm writing a pilot script for a scripted series, um, based on meet me in the bathroom. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, which is a weird thing. People are always like, well, so is it about bands? And it's like, not really. It's basically set in the world of the early two thousands in New York and kind of the, the sort of fabric of, of the world that meet me in the bathroom illuminates or tries to illuminate, but it's not, it's about three, well, three to four. I'm still working on it. Um, young women who have come to the city wanting to be like in with you know it's a classic story of come to new york want to make something of yourself creative dreams ambition yeah. like all of that um so that's really it, that's a main thing i'm supposed to be working on and and continue to be like i'll be done this week and then i'm not <laughs> um and then <laughs> that's been going on for a while and then I mean I up until and then I'm writing a, I'm doing I'm writing another book um although I oh, really cool. haven't done any work on it like not really this is now hopefully my editor will not be listening to this um no I have but it's like it's a memoir basically about um that time about being young in New York City but also about death and like I my ex-boyfriend and really dear sort of friend and mentor died right before meet me in the bathroom came out and he was a big part of my life and a big part of the book. And so it's sort of about like understanding youth as in general, as through the frame of like loss and, 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 and the kind of cycles of mourning that I've learned to see life as containing more generally, like, whether death in the most extreme sense is a part of that or not. Like you don't the whole nothing lasts forever thing um yeah, yeah, yeah. is kind of an eternal theme. So in theory I'm working on that. But really what that means is I just like I've written some stuff, but mostly I like make notes and read old journals and I'm like, oh, this is painful. And then I, you know, yeah, I'm like, right. is it five o'clock yet? Can I open one? Right, right, um right. so That and uh I'm working on some podcasting like everybody else, trying to get some I have had a couple of ideas for a podcast that I really want to do. And so I'm working on that and like other, you know, I'm in I'm in LA, I am still doing journalism, but that's basically on hold at the moment because nobody can leave their house. So that's been a bummer. Like I had a bunch of cool reporting stuff that I had wanted to do this summer that is obviously not gonna happen at the moment. So um but I have a couple other ideas. For magazine-related content, that I think would be like, I really want to do something on the Nineteenth Amendment. I've been trying to get that off the ground for a while. The uh, hundred-year anniversary of women getting the right to vote, of the amendment being ratified, Uh, is this summer. Oh wow! Um, And I've been, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot, Um, and just like agency, political agency for women in America, and really how how little time we've actually had it and also what it's what it actually has looked like over those hundred years to what what the realities on the ground so to speak are about political like access to having a voice in your government like the the sort of in the through line for this for me or the beginning of it was thinking about how my mom could not have had the life that i've had Mm. and i don't mean like Cause she's a different person, or she. But right, I mean, right. literally, like, couldn't have rented an apartment yes. on her own in New York in her twenties, like stuff like that, just practicalities. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where those are some of the projects that have my attention. But like I said, mostly I'm baking and feeling. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> well, I think
0: I think the trick, right? After all we've discussed in this hour, the trick is yeah. where you put that terror, right? It's like. <laughs> it's like you're going to have it. You're going to feel out of control. It's going to happen. And the only choice we're given right now is where we decide to use that energy, right? Like like we're not we're yeah, not really given exactly. any more choices for but that uh, um I love the idea of the the book yeah. about uh young women, you know, coming into the city. Um almost reminds me of like a like an Arthur nursesian story or something um playing yeah. out like early, yeah. which is super cool and it's also Basically, like uh, what my wife did as well. So I would be really interested Good. to read something like that. I think it would be really cool.
2: She better watch out. I might be calling her. Hey, for like you have a to time. tie it in, I just you
0: know, I'm doing some googling <laughs> on you prior to this interview, and I hadn't realized that yeah. you penned a Lady Gaga book, uh, like, like a did. coffee table book. Yes. And and I don't know if you know this, but my you know wife who runs a, a company called New York City Sex Trash, does custom lingerie and stuff. She made the uh the panties for the Born This Way video.
2: I do actually know this because I am a fan of your wife's work and nice. her business. And I'm always like and and uh I've somehow I from whenever she I mean she's had the company for quite a while sure, now. Yeah. I feel like how I don't know how how long yeah, it matter her, so I remember 13 years now, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. What an incredible success story. I mean, that's, it's just really inspiring. But, um, I, I remember somehow putting two and two together, like, Oh, God, that's so wild. And she, I mean, Lady Gaga was, so I used to go to this, uh, like this, this club, I guess, called the Slipper Room on the Lower East Side quite a lot. Um, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it had like the the people who ran it are old friends of mine and, they, so it, it had a lot of crossover with kind of my side of the music world that I was into, like bands would play there occasionally, or like we would, we would, it was a place where we could have a DJ night if people wanted to, if someone felt like throwing a party, like, or birthday and stuff like that. So it was there a lot. And she was ar- like, Gaga was around, right? you know, yeah. in, in those years, in the time of kind of the IE ads and Interpol and Strokes and stuff like that. She was also in the mix and the Lower East Side and she was dancing there and stuff. So uh-huh. we... I mean, it's not like you put... It was later that... I I did not know that at the time. I didn't know her or anything like that. But I remember thinking later, like, oh, this is such a cool... In New York stories and the sort of myth-making about New York, there's always this... Way in which, in retrospect, it feels neat and tight, like A led to B. You know, like there's whatever. If it's a Max's Kansas City story, or if it's CBGBs, or if it's Mercury Lounge in my particular era, it's like, well, see, there were all these kids, and they they all had a dream about making real music again, or whatever. And it's sort of, it's like, and then later we had this other scene bubble up, and that's not really how. I mean, the cool part I think about thinking about Gaga in that context is that everything's always happening on top of elf in a, in a city that is, uh, has real life and vibrancy to it. Like all kinds of things are, there are really interesting people making, having the beginnings of their stories in opposition often to whatever is later going to get written about as the sort of like founding or as the sort of uh, dominant narrative of that particular yeah, time. And right. she's a good example of that in that, here's this like unbelievably once in a generation pop star talent who's kicking around during this time when New York has what some will later say is a very vibrant music scene. And she's just kind of like not in that she's in, she's like not there yet. She's not with her, her full voice yet. And it takes, she's on her own path, like following a different story that's also a part of the sort of concentric circle Circles of New York life in that time. So anyway, yes, this is all a long winded way of saying that I then later, part of my (laughs) weird New York story is that I was offered the chance to write like some sort of essays for a coffee table book that this publisher was putting together about her Gaga's sort of the, the high, high concept nature of her approach to fashion and the kind of like literary intellectual elements of it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a really fun thing to, you know, take a bunch of Adderall and do for a month. <laughs> which is what I did. Oh, that's
0: very that's so, very fitting. Uh, are are you are you technically a little monster?
2: Ah, uh, oh, I think I'm I don't I mean, I think I'm too I'm not the right era exactly. I wouldn't say I'm too old, but I would say like she came to me. I mean, I yeah, like I was, it was too, I was, I was already too into my own. I'd already picked my heroes when, <laughs> when she emerged. So I would say I'm more, you know what I yes, mean? Like it's more yes. like I'm just an, I'm an, I'm an admirer and a, uh, uh, a kind of like, I don't know. What would I, I just respect her. Like that's really sure. it. Like I really respect what she's done. Um, and I think her approach to, meaning this is earlier and this is the era that we're really talking about, but like, especially her approach to ownership of sexuality and all of that. Like there's one of the things I can never figure out is how we lost the plot on that. Like when I was a teenager in middle school, like we had all this, there were all these powerful women in rock and it was a much more sexist time in a lot of ways, but there were a lot of people to kind of see being the being what I would say is a more full spectrum articulation of of their femininity in public and being praised for it, and that I didn't it went somewhere like, but by the time I was in my 20s, yeah. I was like, Where is everyone? And I, yeah, right, you know, good on her, um, for really making some space for that for herself and for other people, yeah, 100%. You know,
0: I just had talked about that with somebody the other day, uh, standing up for Madonna, so I've been. M- making mm-hmm. a um in my other podcast we decided to have some fun and do a march madness bracket of the greatest albums of all time. <laughs> I thought we were being clever and it turned out everybody and their fucking mothers made a march madness bracket for something. <laughs> uh but I actually had to fight really yeah. hard to get like a virgin on this bracket and and that, yeah and that was the contention I made from the start. I mean it's like like this record in this person like literally redefined uh uh mm-hmm. sex and femininity in the mainstream like how is that not mm-hmm. like incredibly important not to mention the fashion mm-hmm. iconography which I still people I still see people sweating her shit all over the place you know Madonna's still cool. totally still yeah. the
2: coolest totally so I think about no, yeah, go ahead, yeah I think about I was just gonna say I was just gonna say I think about um One of my favorite movies ever, probably in my top... Well, I don't know. When you get into the top lists, you get into dangerous territory. But in the top 10, I'd say, is Desperately Seeking Susan. Beautiful film. And um, I mean, and I... Especially now that I'm writing about... I mean, I'm always writing about New York. But I had been feeling like writing about New York in the early 2000s again in all these different ways that I'm doing. Like Sometimes it's hard to make that feel fresh because it's like what I I lived it and now I'm continuing to sort of make art about it and like uh and then one of the things that's happened in the wake of this pandemic situation is that it feels fresh again because the appeal of the time is more even more potent because it felt so much freer mm. than obviously what we're living in but also just <laughs> Like, I mean, for obvious reasons, but also somehow it's like made that feel fresher to me again, which is nice. And one of the touchstones I always, I mean, I have like these sort of still shots from the, like from the set of Desperately Seeking Susan on my bulletin board when I write, like it's one of the touchstones. Cause it's just, even though it's not the same era, of course, it's not about that. It's about this spirit of what she inhabited and continues to inhabit and is a kind of like, I don't know, archetype stand in cipher for like, you can always, there's a thing that she is, that she represents that she allows you yeah. to access by working her. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no one else, she still owns that space. It's only her, you know? And like you want, you need a little Madonna in this. It's like a spice or something. It's missing some, some Madonna. Yeah. So that I, I'm glad that you're defending her. And I, I, uh, I um I'm on your team on this one. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For whatever and it's works. worth, a lot. Um. So <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So we we should wrap up soon. And The thing I wanted to ask <laughs> was like, sure. You know, what are like things that you're like telling yourself day to day to kind mm-hmm. of convince yourself to have some hope, convince yourself to like do the best you can, like. What are some tools or, or mm-hmm. things that you're telling yourself that are kind of working for you and working to make you feel a little better?
2: Mm. Well, I mean, I could make jokes about you know like tequila and cookies being on that list, which they are. But and I do think like honest in the in the more positive way, like being in your kitchen and being outside and like working. I have a little garden here, and I've been working nice. in the garden, like natural just stuff that in the yoga world you would say is like lower chakra stuff like just things that make you feel grounded um and that are about putting your hands in the earth and making your own food and all that is like an actual therapy sure, um sure. so that um uh, makes me feel more puts me in a better place to be capable of hope and meditation and all that stuff that I normally do but honestly like i mean I'm actually going to quote you back to yourself here, in as an answer to this. I was thinking about this while we were talking. I was once in a, I tweeted something out about how many books I've not read and how much anxiety that causes me. So this is from a pre-Corona era. There was still lots of anxiety, you know. Um, we didn't just invent it this month. Um, and it was about things like books and how many you're going to read. And you tweeted back something like, I said something like. Sometimes I just stay up at night, you know, very dramatic, worrying about all the books I'm never going to get to and wondering if I'm ever going to get to read them all. And you wrote back something like, you won't. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, dude, way to pick me up. And you were you wrote back this, like, wise thing. You were just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I thought that was going to be a relieving thing. Like, you yeah. won't. So like don't just
1: worry yeah. about yeah. it.
2: Like, <laughs> right. And honestly, that is how I stay positive. A version of that paradigm is like how I feel now. Like I don't it's not that things are okay, but there's a lot of comfort in facing that. Yes, and in and yes. I think to in keeping with what we've been talking about earlier in our conversation, like they already weren't okay. They were not okay. Yeah. And in the ways that you're thinking like income quality, the way this is hitting communities of color versus not versus yeah. white communities, the things that's revealing about the interior of our politics and what people really care about. And, you know, members of our government selling stocks yeah. in advance yeah. of this while telling everyone, I mean, all that yeah. stuff is like, it's the same way that I feel about after Trump was elected and I was very upset. And I remember, um, my ex, actually the one who died, who I'm writing about, like he said, I was freak, I was very upset. and He sort of at a certain point got sick of me complaining. And he just said, you know, Lizzie, it's a contest and he won <laughs> and you have to, cont- and I was like, Oh, you know, like, ouch. But it's like, <laughs> this is where we have been living. Yeah, this is right. the world that we have been in. And yes, there's a disease and yes, that's a new element. But so much of, I think for me, at least so much of what is giving me anxiety is partially the, the, the things that will go back, that will change. We will not have to be in our houses forever. There will be things that will, that are causing me stress that will release, be released. Financial stress. Hopefully I'll be able to work and that'll be a little, you know, I'll feel a little more stable, but the bigger things are not going anywhere. And I find that actually weirdly quite hopeful because I think where I feel like I'm being forced to contend with stuff that will leave me hopefully on the other side of this feeling like, yeah, I'm not going to read all those books. Okay. So what do I want to do now? Like uh, with that information in my pocket, how am I going to live? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my dark hope for you. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Straight That's good from Benny That's himself. Um, and let me tell you another
0: thing that might free you a little bit, okay? I started a policy please. a few years ago that if I if I started a book and I'm a good 100, 150 pages in and it's not grabbing me and I don't <laughs> think it's great, I'm going to flip to the end, read the <laughs> last five pages and fucking move on with my life and I'm not going to feel bad about it.
2: Oh my God. <laughs>
0: and it Dude, is awesome. awesome. <laughs> It feel.
2: <laughs> what a what a moment is this is this what we've earned for all our decades on this planet. This is where we yeah this is what we get to do now. This is the kind of freedom that we can enjoy. Yeah. I love it. I'm gonna try to model myself off. Yeah, of this, I think a, this I think about these little things
0: all the time. I'm like I spent 40 years practicing to mm. to get good at you know uh, getting knots out of shoelaces uh, opening... Opening an avocado perfectly, you know, and then getting everything out of it right. Uh, You know, things like this where I'm like, you know, dying is really annoying because I just got good at all this stuff. So, uh, you know, that's why I, I appreciate just trying to take the pressure off yourself for something as simple as getting punishing yourself to get through a shitty book. You know, it's just not worth it.
2: Yeah. Like, no, like, just don't. Okay, I'm in. I'm into this. I love it. I, I, I have a pretty good policy about that, but I'm going to feel, I feel like now that I have
0: uh, your support, <laughs> I will be brave in this area. Yeah, give me a text <laughs> if you need some back, I'll, I'll support you. All right. okay I
2: will I'll be like I'm, I want to stop I want to stop I can't oh, stop no. it's so bad I, I can't, can't stop, stop. Um, <laughs> all right well thanks for asking me to do no. this it's a fun bright spot in uh to punctuate all yeah, of this I'm so glad. thank same you cool to cool to chat yeah same with. all right yeah, thanks cool. Lizzie well good
0: luck with everything and and uh thank yeah, you stay, in touch.
2: stay safe all right okay sounds good me
0: too bye I need more entertainment this time. You should, we should dress up for each other when we're doing this. I've already surprised you with a couple, uh, okay. a couple secret audio. You're going you're going to be sorry that you, uh, you just said that. No, I'm not. Listen, <laughs> I don't know if I'm revealing too much. You can edit this later. But Brad and his family are the kings and queens of the Christmas card. <laughs> They know how to dress up. They know how to stage events. We do. We do. We, co- you,
1: I. So I, I'm gonna. I should send you this video. I think you'll appreciate this. I have a kind of a neurotic friend of mine who fled with his family at the beginning of this whole thing, right? And um, he had given this neighbor the keys, but the neighbor didn't like. The neighbor was ready to leave or something. She didn't. This was Monday, right? Okay. The short of it is, he wanted me to go get the keys and check in on his apartment, make sure that there was no flooding or anything. So I took the kids and I took a bag of um props <laughs> and I made this video where I was like I started at the front door I'm like okay dude I'm here at your apartment just going to like I'm going to actually videotape my entrance just so you know that like that I didn't fuck anything up if there's anything oh, fucked no. up and then I come in and I put all this like I just went around the whole apartment going like there's your stereo kitchen looks good and dude and I had the kids like hiding and like I, I kind of pan past the hallway, and this tarantula goes tearing down the hallway on a that i that my daughter was pulling on like a fishing line, oh and my then like God. I'm like, there's your stereo, and as I turn away from the stereo, this super creepy doll like looks up from behind this couch <gasps> uh. and uh and it was just, I made everything small enough that, like, if you were looking at it on the iPhone, you might be like, wait a minute, what's that? Yeah, yeah, But if yeah. you, like, took your time and zoomed in, you were like, oh, shit's fucked up. And then the final Dude, thing the- was, like, I just, as I went past the kitchen, there's my daughter, like, laying on the floor face down. Like, just super <laughs> fast. <laughs> <laughs> and I also yeah, went, went past, he had this, he has this big wine rack. I took all the bottles out of it and put them in the closet. And I just kind of pant (laughs) it slow without, like... (laughs) That's funny, man. You are a harasser. It was really... It was hilarious. He was, You guys are...
0: That's your thing, isn't it? You're a harasser. (laughs) I like that. You just like to... So what is it? You just, like, gauging people's response? Or is it like you've just given up on life just enough where you like to make fun of everything?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm always... I'm entertaining myself constantly, I think, is what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I once, uh, I remember prior to having a real mustache, I would rock a fake mustache a lot <laughs> just to kind of like gauge reactions and That's see what people one. did. That's a Just good wear one. it on the subway. I tricked Alex Rosamelia from Gaslight once. We were recording American Slang. I'm sitting on the subway platform and he walks right by me and I go like... Some fella, you know, like gave him like a creepy little thing, and he looks over, whoop, look right back like a squirrel.
1: Oh like, what's up, dude!
0: And he's just like, what? What the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, just having some fun. Life is boring, you know. Uh, you got to do it, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I enjoy it. So if you show up next time for one of these, rocking a little something something, I think it'll things be good for the whole project. Honestly, I'll remember that. I don't have a lot of props laying around in my uh, Cabo Beach home, you know?
1: I know. Now, over there in Portugal.
0: Yeah. It's nice, though. (laughs) So, uh, Lizzie, that was awesome. I hope people feel smarter, because I felt smarter just after having that conversation with her. She's a good Um, one. Yeah, for sure, man. And she, you know, she's working on some stuff. They're working on making uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom, kind of like a docuseries, which think would be awesome yeah you know she explains some of the other projects she's working on anything when she winds up in magazines writing pieces are always super good so we should keep an eye out for her she's Lizzie d goodman right on twitter and instagram any other socials we need to mention are that's we TikToking
1: that's yet what she's got okay i didn't see any of that i
0: um, think we gotta get a TikTok soon that's that's what the oh god i can't keep <laughs> That's what the kids are doing, man. All right. If the kids are doing it, then uh, I'll let you do it. Don't we got to stay fresh in this game? Uh, yeah, come on. Come on. So, yeah, there'll be more of these. We continue to uh, yeah, keep do an an interviews in our, our, our at-home series.
1: Yeah, as you're picking up on, this is kind of a bonus episode. We've got another bonus episode in the can that'll probably be released before our regular release next week. Um, yeah so yeah we may relaunch patreon because we're getting some very generous donations yeah it's pretty Um, awesome and uh on our venmo account we have a venmo account at off track if you are interested in supporting us we do have a few costs which are certainly covered for this month um but it's awesome But it helps to keep a podcast coming out yeah so maybe we'll put the patreon back on and keep like some decent tiers that aren't too expensive because then we can also blow out some of this bonus content that uh um, yeah, we've got it'd be
0: awesome listen we're not Brad and I we're, we're not looking to sit on gold toilets here you know we just want to <laughs> put out a good podcast that's free for people and sometimes it helps yeah. you know money helps yeah. sometimes but this one was cool it actually so steph sent stenland yeah that was amazing sent us uh, a really generous donation thank you and so said, much can benny please do a weekly motivational speech during quarantine thanks guys <laughs> I sent that to my wife, just being like, Hey, isn't that nice? I thought that was really nice. And she's like, Oh, you should do like a regular segment where you drop like a. And I'm like, No, that's weird. I'm (laughs) like, That sound, that reminds me of. Was it? Deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Benny's or goodness. Something? Here's yeah. and today here's Benny's good news. I'll He's make a little jingle news. for it. Yeah. And so much pressure. Like, <laughs> you know, what if I was having like the darkest sardonic day and I have to be like, listen, this is what you should find positive. Our bodies will decompose into the ground and come back as something else. Have a nice day. <laughs> Benny, <laughs> but, I
1: think just your voice is I'm gonna, gonna be try a I'll
0: try. Thing. <laughs> i'll try Sunday. i'm gonna keep trying it's all we can do <laughs> and rest in peace brian dennehy 81 years old willie Loman. yeah IP. a lot of things tommy boy's dad but uh yeah well thanks for listening and keep an eye out for all the other stuff do you have any other socials you need to no, say socials? Now.
1: we'll be you know just going off it's all there all right, and you you best
0: be fucking dressed up next time I see you. I'll try.